Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Greg G.D. Detmeyer. Sitting next to me, as always, is my good friend, Jay Hill, Jenny Hillebrand. We are instructional coaches here in Iowa. It's starting to get a little cold. Jenny is over there giddy. Um, I know she was putting up Christmas decorations earlier today before Thanksgiving, a big no-no in my world. Jenny, how was that? <laughs> well, it was awesome. It wasn't I was home with a sick child today, and so just so I could let her rest, I kept myself busy with playing some holiday music, and I did not put up the Christmas tree. But I put up snowmen and maybe Those a few Those are seasonal. Lights. Okay. Yes. I got it. So it wasn't it wasn't a Christmas tree, but we'll I did have holiday music on. We'll let you off on this one. Yes. Jenny, I am super pumped. I Do am. you know what about me says Greg is super pumped today? Um, you're drinking a monster. I am. You're wearing a sweater vest. That's it, the sweater vest. Um, <laughs> as you know, when I bust out the sweater vest, it means business will be done. And so I am why wearing are you so excited today? Because it's not just you and I. Um, digitally, we also have Will Wise here with us. And he is an author. He just released a great book on questioning called Ask Powerful Questions. Create conversations that matter. He is also the co-founder of We and Me, and uh, just goes with, uh, you can shorten that up to just we, with an explanation point. So, Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing lovely. I'm appreciating the sweater vest, and I am appreciating preparing for the holidays. My kids have even watched a few holiday um what is that holiday? Yeah, <laughs> Christmas. Yep, Christmas. <laughs> They're warmed up and pumped. And this just uh, last night at dinner time, Sylvan says, he, "So Sylvan's four, and he says, can you tell me what I might get for Christmas?" Oh. And the answer was, no. You'll have to wait. You have and find to wait. Out. And, and I tried to be playful, and I said, "Well, it involves my two arms." Thinking I would give him a hug. Then I kind of quickly went down another path. <laughs> <laughs> awesome to hear. So, Will, as you know, Jenny and I are educators, and a majority of the people who listen to our podcast are educators. With your new book on questioning, we're really excited to talk to you because as instructional coaches, we ask a lot of questions, and teachers also ask a whole ton of questions. That's one of the best ways to teach. In fact, our professional development plan all year this year is focusing on questions and asking better questions and getting students to respond to those questions in ways that gets everyone to answer the question, not just a select few who raise their hands. So I feel like the stuff you're going to be sharing out is really tied into what we do as well as what teachers do. So really pumped to have you here. Thanks. Excited to be here. The first chapter of your book is, is about intention. I want to tell you a quick little story. So yesterday, I had the opportunity to meet with all the teachers here at Epworth Elementary. And the topic of the meeting was essentially from our last two professional development days, what, what are you doing with that information that you've been presented? The more I thought about these meetings, the more I thought this could really come off as a gotcha game where I'm just babysitting, checking in what, who's doing what and whatnot. And I took the advice from your book. And as I sat down 
to meet with each teacher, literally said, my intention here is to get a grasp of where you are so that as we continue the plan and as we have collaboration, I can better meet your needs. And I could feel just people more at ease with what we're going to be, and they they opened up. So it was awesome. Would you be able to talk more about the idea of sharing one's intention before going into a conversation? I love that story. And I think one reason why I love that story so much is whether you guys like it or not, your role has a certain amount of authority with it. Right. So people are trying to decide whether or not I am liked by the two of you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when that authority shows up, then there's this dynamic that um, gets really sticky. It's so sticky as people are being judged and they're wondering if manipulation is going to show up. So one beautiful thing about being clear about your intention is there's no room for manipulation. So let me get clear about what manipulation is first. Manipulation is getting somebody to do something that they don't want to do without telling them that's what you're trying to get them to do. When you clearly state your intent, suddenly everybody knows the game that we're playing and manipulation doesn't have room. And so now they can say, but I don't want you to know about me or, okay, so if that's how you're willing to help, then I'm willing to help and engage that. So getting really clear about your intent before you start a meeting, as a teacher, before you start your lessons. Um, sometimes when I'm teaching teachers how to teach, I actually invite them to create a clear intent even before they start the day. Think about the people who you're going to be meeting, your different classes. What's the intent? Now, the, the word intent comes from to stretch. And so really good intentions aren't just about me, but they stretch me to include the we, that, to include everyone else. When you stated your intent just a moment ago, it helped them relax because they were like, oh, this is the game we're playing? And that game includes me? I'm willing to play that game. That sounds like a really great game. You're going to make me better? All right. Which means I'm going to have a better impact on the kids. Now everybody knows what game we're playing. They know some of the rules that we're playing by and they can relax into that rather than being judged or feeling like they're going to be ridiculed or told that they're wrong or inadequate. You know, I think the four years ago when we started the instructional coaching role, that was a major concern for teachers was that we were coming in as the experts, that we were coming in with all of the answers and like you said, kind of evaluatory. And that's not, you know, the intent of our positions at all. Like we come in and I still, after four years in this position, consider myself a teacher. You know, when I go in and I'm working with them, it is clearly what what is their intent and purpose for our working together. You know, I think Greg and I both ask that question often. Um, what is the why behind are working together? What is the purpose behind the work that we're doing? Um, and I think that that kind of sets that tone with those teachers that we're in this together. That's not evaluatory. We make changes as we go. Failure is okay. And we move on. We make adjustments and we're constantly being intentional about our work. I love what you're saying about expert. And I, I, I'd love to give a little 
wider piece of that. Because as teachers and as instructional coaches, there is this element of expert. And now that I've written a book, people are, all kinds of people are putting me <laughs> in the expert category. So fine, if they need to do that, whatever that is. But here's the catch. As soon as I accept that expert category, as soon as I go, oh, okay, I'm an expert, the relationship changes dramatically. Because when I'm walking in, I am basing all of my experience in that present moment based upon what's happened in the past. It makes the, what is present with me in the present moment with that particular kid or that particular teacher actually invisible with me. Because I'll cut them short. I'll tell them, here's what you need to do. Here's your recipe. When I walk in as an explorer instead of an expert, I can still bring in all that experience that I've had. But it still allows me to experience what is present right now in this moment is something that's being created in this moment. And so then being an explorer, I find myself asking, so tell me more about that. And what's the challenge? And what's that obstacle look like? And what's Johnny actually doing? Ah, okay, great. Now, and then I can start asking questions to explore other pieces of that. So when I find myself in the expert mentality, I'm like, okay. I can do this or I can choose to be an explorer when I'm an explorer. It doesn't mean I'm not bringing my expertise with me. It's a different mindset. It's more of a growth mindset. And that's something we faced very early on as far as we, we saw very quickly that when we did try to be an expert in the area, it, it usually ended up being our idea and yeah. it was our passion that was fueling, fueling that. And as soon as we stepped away, Whatever we were, we were working on also went away. And how much more powerful is it when it's like a true collaboration where like the teacher's guiding that conversation, that initiative, as opposed to the outsider? Um, they just buy in. And it's there's noticeable differences within that. Yeah, and I would push on that word buy-in just a little bit to be playful. It's they've co-created it with you. They can see it. <laughs> And once they can see it and have code created with it, they can they have the vision of how it may land. Whereas when you say, here's what you need to do, here's step one and step two, step three, they don't necessarily see the vision of how it's going to land. Or they're, they can look at you and go, oh, you're the expert. That works for you, but it doesn't work for me. You don't know my kid. You don't know my teaching situation. I think what you talked about, you brought up a little bit um, building that connection with yeah. teachers and um, or anybody that you're working with, that if you walk into a situation and and I loved um, I listened to you and I read it, you know read it in the in your book as well that when you walk into a room and you start the conversation with you, without the intent your intent of what your or your purpose that it sets the tone for everybody else's conversation to shut down. That when you walk into a conversation where you have a connection built with the people who are sitting around the table with you, that makes those conversations so much more powerful. That great ideas aren't going to come without feeling that connection between the people that you're sitting around the table with. That you have to have those connections in order for those great ideas to happen. Yeah, and I would uh, be, again, a little playful with that. The great ideas may show up but nobody's going to listen to them. <laughs> and so I can tell you a, a story where this happened for me. I walked into a room 
in which there was six of us and we had only an hour in our calendar. And I, the way I saw it, we had six hours worth of work. So I jumped up, I grabbed the whiteboard markers, started writing an agenda on the board, started plowing through. And one of the women in this group shared a phenomenal idea, but there was no connection. And so I found myself actually resisting her idea and finding all the fatal flaws in it. I wasn't able to take her idea. It was only in retrospect when I heard somebody else later share her idea. I was like, oh, that's the same idea that she said. And it was I didn't like it then, but now I'm liking it. And then it's retracing my mindset. So what I've really worked hard since then is to create moments in which the connection happens first. So maybe asking people's intent. And it doesn't have to take a long time, but taking some time in the beginning. And in the book, I talk about some skills and tools that you can do that. But once the connection has happened, you throw out an idea. I want to help you build upon it. It's no longer your idea. It's our idea and we're building it together. When you threw it out and we're not connected, all my judgments can show up and there's a way that I can push your idea down or just the opposite. I can lift it up, but not create any contribution to it. And what we want as educators is to create contribution from, from the whole in order to build something up and create something together. Excellent. I want to jump back quickly to one part of, I believe it was in the intention chapter, and okay. maybe I'm building off it more than I should, but I, f I feel like there's a general, people often jump to the worst case scenario. Okay. Um, Same old. So, and I'm thinking of specifically, I believe you told, it was like a short story where a man walks in with a knife. Or, or a woman's laying on a table, a man walks in with a knife, uh, stabs the woman, or cuts the woman open, the woman dies. I, so before... You want to correct that? that? No, no. I think that was... I think you got it. So the four lines of the story is, a woman is lying in bed, a man comes in the room wearing a mask, the man cuts the woman's chest with a knife, and the woman dies. And so for all those people who are listening right now, what is the color of the mask? And I jumped right to black. I'm like, I'm like, this is a burglar. And I told the same story to like three other people just to see if I was like in a bad mood or I was kind of looking for the negative. And everyone was like, yeah, someone, someone's being murdered. And yeah. it's really, it could be a doctor coming in who's performing a surgery trying to save the woman. Either way, the same outcome happened. It was just the intent was completely different. And it just, that story and me sharing with people really drilled home, like how powerful intention is, especially in a day and age where like, it's so easy to jump to the worst case scenario or like people are out to get each other. I'm curious this is, this is a curiosity that's arriving right now. So this is me being an explorer mode rather than expert mode. How much uh, media and news are you and your three friends that you shared this with exposed to? Quite a bit. I, I'm a big news junkie. I'm trying to get better because it's like it's just depressing nowadays. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, the news cycle is negative, negative, negative. Yeah. So I wonder if that contributes to that. So when I do this in rooms with hundreds of people, 
it's about half and half. But what's really interesting when you do this in a room together is people, one, are surprised that you're asking what color mask is, and two, can't see that there's any other possibility than the possibility that they have. So you can't see that there's a white mask or a blue mask because you get so caught up in the idea that it is a burglar, mm -hmm. right? For you, a burglar showed up in your head. There is no possibility that it's somebody else until you're connected and collaborating and asking questions. So having another learning that's happening right now as I'm speaking to you, if I can't hear, so say I say black mask like you did, and I can't hear that other people are hearing white mask, how often is that dynamic showing up in our day-to-day -day lives where I said four simple sentences and I think, and you think something very different because of those four different, how those four sentences showed up into you, in your mind compared to how they showed up in my mind. Was that clear? Did I get lost in me trying to yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And like I said, it just drives home that power of being intentional because it it would be easy, like back to my original story, for me to sit down and people just to assume I'm out to try to find out who's doing this stuff and who's not, as opposed to uh, I'm here to work together and provide any supports to, to help you do this. And that is the end of part one with Will Wise. So we will be releasing parts two and three. In the coming weeks, we're going to release them each Tuesday. So the next two Tuesdays, the rest of the series will be out. I hope you enjoyed that. Please connect with us by going to our website, www.iccpodcast.com. When you're there, you will notice we have a newly designed site. It's a lot more appealing to the eye. It looks pretty sweet. Really worked hard on that, and uh, I feel it is a very visual product that uh, displays our past shows, our mini-casts. Uh, from there, you can contact us by hitting the Contact tab. We love hearing from listeners. Uh, you could share anything that resonated from Will's conversation, or, hey, maybe you have a topic you want Jenny and I to cover. We would love to hear from you. At our website, you will also find tabs to our social medias. We would love for you to follow us on Facebook at Instructional Coaching Corner and on Twitter at ICC underscore podcast. Check us out there in order to stay up to date on pictures and any latest podcast that comes out. It is my goal to... Start uh, posting more pictures of Jenny and I doing the stuff we do uh, within the podcast there as well. So you'll be able to see some goofy stuff of us being really cool with our microphones and headphones and whatnot. So check it out. As always, as we, as we leave, ask yourself, what one thing could I do tomorrow that will make me a better version of myself? Then wake up and do it because greatness isn't achieved by one event, but instead a series of small, intentional steps. Go be awesome.